let's go. G'day and welcome to episode 35 of Two Red Shares. I'm your host, as always, Frank. And in this episode, I have another guest on the uh, on the show in the red chair. Proverbial, that is. It's not. It's not it, it needs to get brought out of that uh, that garage I've got. But with the guests that I do have, they're from all around the world, um, sharing their design life story. So it's 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 a very metaphoric kind of fluid i don't know how to bloody describe it anymore but this is two red chairs and this week we have on from uh albuquerque santa fe metropolitan area it's described as is uh brandy c her full name is brandy c hefniffen um but she goes by brandy c on her socials and you can find her there in the show notes below there's a link to her um bio on instagram and her website and uh, in our conversation here, Brandy and I talk about the experiences that we've had as designers. Brandy has a little bit more experience than I do with uh, about 20 years of experience or exactly 20 years, um, she says. And just what that journey has been for, for her, especially in that design life journey of going from agency life into transitioning into her own you know, business, running her own business. Really mouthful of words right there. And uh, giving back now to her fellow creatives to learn the processes of running a creative business. Similar to how I've kind of gone about creative design life, but Brandy does it a whole lot better. She runs her own podcast as well, has courses, and uh, and is a mentor and coach to fellow creatives that are looking to start their own business. So this is my chat with Brandy C. Brandy, welcome to Two Red Chairs. Uh, you're sitting in this proverbial red chair. It looks like you've got a white chair and I've got a black chair. We're kind of yin and yang I here do. going on at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It looks great. Too yeah. bad everyone can't see. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Um, you, you've got an interesting tale and story of, of how you've got to where you've got to and how you help creatives here. But what we want to do first is just allow you to introduce yourself, give your elevator pitch to everybody so everyone knows who you are, where you're from, you know, what it is you do and, and how long you've been doing it for. Absolutely. So my name is Brady C and I have been in the design business in one shape or another for, it will be 20 years this year as of 2021. Um, I am now a design strategist, brand strategist and creative coach. And I love helping creatives and Basically, that's why I am where I am right now, doing what I do. I was an art and creative director. I've done virtually every kind of design and creative direction you can possibly think of for product design, uh, clothing, and obviously branding, and musicians, art, and book covers, and all sorts of things, which I love. But I have found that I, I really enjoy helping creatives get out of the ruts that they're in and find their creative voice and look for their own inspiration outside of the internet is is really my sweet spot i have i'm gonna ask you this question then of all the things that you've done have you ever branded a plane <laughs> an airplane you know i have not it's not oh, even on my bucket we, list we to be you. honest I, i'll one up you there because i've done that <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's incredible yeah 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 it, it's it's just a fun kind of feather in the cap 
from back in the day when I used to work in a, a TV production company. Um, That's really just to see fun. On the, yeah, just to see on the side of a plane is ridiculous. Um, it, it just seems like nonsense. And it's like, how? Oh, is it surreal? A a, okay, cool. <laughs> Um, anyway, me aside, we're here to talk about, about you, Brandy, <laughs> no, I love it. It's and great. your journey here. So um, you gave me a bit of a, a background here off air of, of where you've come from and where you've you've come to now. Let's let's go back here. What, what got you to the point of um, starting your own thing um, in this design kind of world and then turning your attention to creative? So let's let's. I'll play a harp here in the background <laughs> that people will hear, but let's go back to that kind of inception story for yourself. Sure. So right after graduating college, I actually started out doing, I was a, they called it a web graphics designer, which sounds silly, so, but it was basically yeah. just designing thumbnails for articles okay. and things. <laughs> and um. In the first three months that I was there, the art director decided he wanted to move to Hawaii and his position opened up. So being the being the personality, I don't know what you know about the Enneagram, being the Enneagram three that I am, I was like, I know how to, I could do this. Like I'm a leader. I, I've always loved leading people. I'd always wanted to be an art director. I didn't think it'd be right out of college and applied put forth a really huge presentation on how um, we could bring in, at the time it was only an art director, and they were, it was an in-house, and they were farming out tons of stuff to agencies. And he was basically just in charge of the farming out. <laughs> like he didn't actually really design, direct, or art direct anything. It was just like more of a project manager. Yeah, and I was going to say project manager I, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, so when I took over, I was like, this isn't what an art director does. Like, I want to be an art director, and we could save so much money if we, like, brought all this in, hired a couple of people. And so over the course of the three and a half years that I was there, I turned it into a real in-house design team, um, complete with interns and junior, mid-level, and senior designers, and I was over the whole thing. And I learned a lot in the process because I was still very young, and... In that, when I when it was time for me to leave and start my own thing, I thought I was I was finding myself being very bitter at other designers that had been freelancing a little longer than I had. I'm like, I have all this experience, I'm better at this. Why are they getting all these jobs when they're doing, honestly, like this is how it, like they're doing hack jobs because they're copying things off the internet or they're like ripping off other designers' work and calling it their own. And I was feeling really upset about it, like righteous anger. And it was it was like hurting my creative flow. It was hurting my own business because I was always looking at other people and just being upset that I do better work. And so at one point when I finally, I was doing my own business from home for a couple of years and I had I just had my, my son and I was home a lot and just feeling frustrated. And I thought, you know what? Instead of being grumpy and annoyed all the time, maybe I should try and educate instead of just being upset that they don't know. Because maybe they don't know they don't know. And trying to have a little more empathy. And so I started blogging because it was whatever blogging time, right? Everyone was blogging. And started writing blogs. And then about a year later, started doing these short snippets called Design Tip Tuesdays on YouTube that I did that were like three to five minute things, just, hey, 
learn typography, look at design history, like just real simple things that people that maybe if they didn't know they could learn. And another year later decided that I really like to talk. You can tell I like to talk. So no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a <laughs> podcast because I like to yeah. talk to people about design. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And so the, the angle on the podcast at the time when I first started it in 2017 was let me talk to a non-designer. Let's have a conversation between a professional designer and what I called a normal human being. And <laughs> she can bring these questions about like, why does this matter? Why do you charge so much? All of these kinds of things that have frustrated me. So all of the, the content that I've created from the beginning has come out of like the negative, but turn, trying to turn it into something positive, like all the negative feelings I'm having. So over the years, it's sort of evolved, and I've, I was coaching creatives sort of unofficially through the podcast, people that would come to me and still doing my client work and brand strategy and things like that. But over time, over the last couple of years, I've realized like how much joy I get still in leading creatives. And even though I'm not doing it as a director of any team officially, I still direct like people I hire out. But... I really wanted to be able to have this interaction one-on-one -on -one with people again and really help designers to be better at what they do by teach, teaching them this process, this method that I've developed. And so that's that's probably the shortest version of that that I could give you. <laughs> Harp so ens ensue. <laughs> yeah, it's a cathartic experience. <laughs> um, Brandy, I want to go back to when in that time you had where you launched into doing your own thing and, and there were freelancers doing what you could see as not a better job, but uh, they were getting the more, you know, more clients, more work and, um, and not doing the same kind of quality of work as what your level of, of work was. Can I ask then in terms of that, was it a, was it a compare, like, I've had this feeling before of, and it's that age-old kind of quote, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, comparison is a thief of joy. And you just get this, you know, constant, you know, merry-go-round of shit thoughts about someone going, seriously, like how, how are they getting that? Well, I could have done this so much better. <laughs> yes. Is that something that's kind of, of still in the back of your mind? Do you see people on social media, you know, peacocking a bit? Maybe it's someone like myself, like putting out all this kind of crazy stuff and going, look, I, I, I know that this frustrates me, but I can't let that get in the way of what it is I do best and what did I do and, and combating that in some way. Like, is this something that you're kind of having as an ongoing, not a battle, but something that you have to kind of remind yourself of? Yes, 100%. I would say it's more of a, like an underlying, uh, it's sort of like the the coals that are just always sort of there yeah. underneath me, like uh, like a silent motivator in a way. But because I've learned to harness that negative and try to turn it into a positive, I don't always do great at it. Yes, it it is definitely exacerbated by social media because there are um, obviously people who will remain nameless, not you, because I would not be here on this podcast if I felt that way about you. <laughs> but people that have been doing it maybe a year or two years and are presenting themselves like they are experts and trying to teach um, things that I can, as an expert, very well tell that I'm, I'm pretty sure they don't really know exactly what they're 
trying to teach here. And yes, peacocking is probably the perfect word for it. So yes, I do see it, but I then take it as, okay, trying to be a little more introspective. What about this is bothering me about this person or what they are doing? And how can I use this? You know, maybe they're saying something that's resonating with people, but it's wrong. How can I take this and turn it into a lesson for me? But the other side of this is I've learned to try and remember that sometimes their people are not my people. So it's possible that all this, you know, all this hype, this audience, all these people that are going to these people over here, they may have a lot of influence over that group, but maybe that's not even my group of people at all. Um, I'm not here to necessarily, I know that my people are not brand new designers anymore. I'm here to help designers that have been in the business for a while and feel stuck because they've been in the business for a while. And it's like, Mm. am I ever going to do anything new? Like, where's the, where's the inspiration? Where's the good ideas? And so, yes, do I help new designers? Absolutely. Can what I teach help every level of designer? I believe that it can. So that kind of chills out the fire just a little bit when I realize that like, it's okay, let them have those people. They're not my people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I talk about this a lot. There's a post-it note I'm looking at right now on my computer. It's look in the mirror, that's your competition. And I'm, I'm like forever just talking about it because it reiterates it for me and it makes that affirmation of going, okay, buddy, you, you blinkers on, let's, you know, focus on your own race here. And, and, and like for me, there was a time about a year, year and a half ago where I was just seeing some people that were very similar to me and I was like, I can't have you in my space here. Mm-hmm. You, you just either shit me to tears or I, I just, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, it's my problem, not yours kind of thing. Right. Please don't take it the wrong way. If if everyone, if ever someone came to me and said, hey, you stop following me or you stop interacting with me. It's like, it's not, it's not you. It's me. It's a, it's a bad breakup, whatever. Yeah. Well, it's important to also, whether it's in person or social media, like surround yourself with people that feel yeah. encouraging, not feel like, oh, I have to keep up with X, Y, or Z. Not that we mm. shouldn't prod each other on, you know, and have people that you look up to and want to like aspire to be creative wise but yes agreed 100 <laughs> percent. yeah it, it's such a it's a, it can be a very slippery slope if you get down that dark path and and you know not gain a bit more perspective and i i, I love that you said it's it's looking at it more empathetically especially for those that you know might not have or might not know as you said what they know like you know without having that knowledge um you know, how do you, how does one improve kind of thing without it being in front of them? So um, let, let's get into this idea of, of helping those kind of creatives, seeing that path, because it doesn't sound like it's a tact that I probably would take of being passive aggressive and seeing something that was just total shit and going, <laughs> okay, this is actually what you do and not say, I saw this piece of shit. It's kind of like this weird, that's my kind of approach. I'm just really passive it's aggressive very, in that It's very, very hard. It's very hard. I have yeah. I have screenshots that I am holding on to where I will cr- like <laughs> color out people's faces from DMs I've gotten and, and I, I'm sitting on them going, is this on brand for me? Because I'm not supposed to be mean. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so in terms of how you're, how you frame that help, like, I'm guessing you need to do both a bit of client work and 
giving back here. How does that look for you in terms of um, capacity? Because I know how hard it can be, like having two different accounts that I have and trying to give back to fellow creatives. It's a minefield of fitting things in and going, where do I put my attention type of thing? How does that work for you? Oh, I am still figuring it out, even after all of these years. It is. (laughs) I have my podcast. I have my business, my design business, my coaching business, and I am a part-time homeschool mom, like all the time. Yeah. During COVID, I was a full-time homeschool mom. Um, So it's hard. Um, I think, I think my saving grace has been two things. My husband and I have opposite energies, so he <laughs> can work late into the evening, and I'm good in the morning. I am currently here at 6.30 in the morning my time, and I was up at, like, 5 to make sure that, like, everything was ready to go. But my peak hours are early, and so that to-do lists <laughs> are my favorite thing. But Evernote, because I always have so many ideas, I will be on a run and, like, hear a song and think, ooh, this will make a cool reel and have to like stop and then put a note in and screenshot the artwork. And so I will say I'm a little bit scattered when it comes to like gathering things, but I gather them in one place so that when it's like when I'm sitting down with my calendar and I'm like, okay, what am I going to post this week? I just go to my notes of ideas and then I can go, okay, this stuff has been resonating with me or with people that have messaged me. I tag everything in Evernote, so if it's like um, inspiration, I can just search inspiration and find everything I've ever written. So every blog post I ever wrote like from the beginning, all of my content creation from day one has been in Evernote, so that has really helped to sort of get all that together. And I've found that client work works its way in to just being a part of my process, I have to do, I have to set blocks of time for client work and blocks of time for content creation. And much to my dismay, my website upkeep is the thing that always ends up taking way more time than I thought. But dang, being a business owner is hard. (laughs) Yeah, just that upkeep is not tedious, it's just time consuming and the day gets away from you and one job can come in and, and kind of push everything out of the way and you're just like, oh, man, where did that day go? I didn't really yeah. get done what I wanted to get done. Yeah. So, the sorry, the other thing that I've been incorporating just in the past, like, six months has been, like, doing a post-it with my top three for today. Oh, like, good. Yeah. what three things will I feel like I have accomplished something if I just did these three things today? Because I have 50 things every day. But yeah. if I just get these three, I'll feel really good about it. So that's mm-hmm. that's been really helping. And that, that goes for top three for home things and top three for work things. Yeah, nice. I, I got to say, if, I've, uh, if ever I do write it down, which is like one or two days a week that I'll did, diligently do it, I'll put down 10 things and I'm like, I've got to get through this. Like, if I'm going to write it down, it needs to happen. And when it doesn't, it's just like, oh, man. Like, so yeah. you just feel like it's a bit of like a kick in the guts for yourself. Um, yep. But it it motivates the hell out of you, especially when there's just so much going on. If you can write it down, I've always found that it just turns into such a, a better day. 
of being much more efficient and getting through it. And then you had that gr- like that grateful kind of feeling that you did write it down and that you accomplished something at the end of the day. For the love Absolutely. of God, I don't know why the hell I don't do it every day. Um, but Because then you're committed. Those days make, make a difference. Because <laughs> if you write it down, you're committed. So then yeah, you that might be subconsciously it. you're like, if I write this down, I have to do it. So maybe I just won't write it down today. <laughs> maybe I need to get like a tattoo or something that just says, you know, <laughs> do more like Casey Neistat kind of does or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Honestly, uh, writing things down is a huge part of um, the strategic process that I developed. Like so many designers at, at many different levels of experience still don't sketch, still don't know like the scientific, the science behind pen to paper, pencil to paper is like proven to make better connections, to make you more creative, to help you, like you said, even just writing a to-do list down is like, okay, I can do this. There's something that happens there. And that's just one of those steps. Like I have a few hills to die on for what I do and how I coach and using pencil and paper is definitely like number one. It's nice tactile feel. I mean, I'm even if I try and draw like a logo or something like just for, I'm I'm a horrible drawer, and I always get that kind of um, question from non-creatives, especially clients. They go, "Oh, you must be like a really good drawer." And I'm like, no, "No, no, I'm sorry. I do like graphic stuff on the computer. I make magic that uh, way." I I have my notebook because I was working on something recently. This is what my sketches look like. Like they're not anything fancy. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't have to be ready. like you That's get the idea. You need to understand them. That is all. Yeah. You're not showing yeah. your clients these things. <laughs> they don't want to see it. They won't understand it. <laughs> but having said that, I got to say I, I do appreciate those that I do see online that do have beautiful, you know, sketches and things. I just always admire those types of people. Yeah, they're, they're not the people that I that I I, I block or mute or anything. Like <laughs> right. That. <laughs> That's um, the aspiration, right? I wish I could draw like you. It's just not a thing yeah. I have. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Let's turn our attention here to the coaching aspect of things. And um, you you may have seen somebody in the design space here, if you're listening, you know, offer coaching, uh, whatever level of experience they have. And Brandy has, you know, a lot of that in her, you know, belt here, under her belt here, 20 years. In my pockets. Um, say again? <laughs> in my pockets. In your pockets. <laughs> Stuff down your trousers. Um <laughs> what do you what do you find is that kind of unique person that comes to you that is looking for something like this, which is going to be mo- like, let me rephrase this. At what point is connecting with someone like yourself as a coach um, the time to recognize that that's the time? I would say that there's two two big catalysts for the people that come to me, maybe three. There's like a a sort of a third. The first one would be like I was saying, feeling stuck. So creative directors that find that they aren't able to motivate their team and no one's really on the same page and they need a better process um, to help better ideas be formulated. Um, That's one. And along those lines, just designers in general who are not creative directors but are in that space. Uh, One of my recent um, coaching clients Worked at it works at an in-house agency and just feels like he wants to be able to do more at his job, but he just keeps getting the same kind of stuff because he's reliable at it, and so they don't give him anything interesting. And so it was okay. 
let's talk about your your voice, your create like what is it that you bring that's special? How can you show that and get over this hump? So a lot of it is is getting unstuck in various ways. Um, another is the creative voice aspect where maybe they're doing great. They have lots of clients. It's not about needing more work or more money or anything like that, or even necessarily leveling up in their job, but they feel like they don't know what their own creative voice is because right as designers, how often are we trained that our voice doesn't matter when we have a client, we like turn into shapeshifters and we have to become the voice of that client. But AI is real and someday AI can probably morph into a voice of a client. You have your own voice. They are hiring you over someone else that has similar skills in every way possibly, but why are they gonna hire you? So that's the second primary is someone who is like, I have good work, I do fine, I do okay, but I don't know what my voice is. And the third one I would say is probably more just people that need some help with like personal branding as creatives because as creatives it's really hard to work for our, on ourselves like our own yeah, brands yeah. and like step away and look at ourselves like our own client and so that's another that's sort of like the third level of people that come that need help from me is the strat the brand strategy for creative personal brands yeah i gotta say it's, it's tough and I, I see it play out for a lot of creatives where it's like a you play mental mind games with yourself of going, how do I sound? How do I look? And it, it is quite tough to design for yourself. And it, it took me quite a while to get past that point of not being so subjective about it. I think that might be, I mean, it might not be for others. It, it was for me at the time. And I was just looking at more objective, like realistically, what do I need to do here to mm-hmm. attract someone that is going to pay attention it's going to stop the scroll on social media all these kind of things it, it doesn't require much it requires a standout kind of color that's just going to go well that's a bit different um, <laughs> some you know photo of this peanut head going oh, like a stupid <laughs> pose um and something that's thoughtful that actually makes sense to somebody that might be in need of this or might want to be educated by it, whatever it might mm-hmm. be um it didn't seem like rocket science once i kind of saw what others might have been doing in this space and, and kind of learnt from it and picked it up really quickly. So now it just feels like it's second nature to, to create right. a new kind of brand. It's like, boom, boom, boom. These are elements I need. Let's create something here. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly how you you would do it with a client. But when it's yourself trying to come up with that message, that tone of voice for yourself and that confidence and what that personality is, yeah, it, it's tough. What would be a a kind of a catalyst, sorry, not catalyst. What would be that starting point for somebody to get past that kind of, those mind games, let's say, to, to, to bring their person, personality out, bring it to the table and, and be confident in that kind of space that they have to work with? Yeah, so there, I mean, there's a few things depending on if you're just trying to find your voice as a creator or like actually trying to create your personal brand. I would say always always treat yourself like the client. And so whatever process that you go through for a client, do it for yourself. And honestly, to, to be completely transparent, when I first started out 
with my freelance business, I was having such a hard time. And my husband, who knows me well, knows my process, knows how I work, was like, why don't you do your brief? Like, do your questions with yourself. Like, I'll even ask them to you if you want. Like, and I was like, oh, why didn't I think of that? You're so smart. And then, it, you know, after, this was long ago before I started coaching, but that is always like my number one thing now is, hey, I'll give you, I have a free, a free brief that I, I can give you, like if you are seriously having trouble with this, but treat yourself like a client. Be objective. When you're looking at your the colors for your brand, what do they say about you and your brand? Don't just go, well, you know, I have a lot of yellow and green in my closet, so I think I'll do that for my personal brand because that's what a lot of people do. Even designers, even really amazing designers, when it comes to doing stuff for ourselves, it's so personal. And so, like you said, be objective. Think about like who you are trying to reach. Create, a, I call it a target story because I don't, I don't like these marketing bullet points of like, I'm talking to women 25 to 46 years old who make $50,000. Like, it's just like, I don't know anyone like that. Who is that person? Give them a name. Give them a story. Tell me what their yep. day looks like. Where do they shop? Like all of these things will help you understand how to show them who you are without mm. you becoming something else. Yeah, all those psychographics rather than demographic kind of stuff, yeah? Yeah. I'm interested with how you um, how you learn more things here in this space. Like you're coaching other people and I, I hear that age-old kind of quote of when one teaches to learn kind of thing, if that's the right way. Don't quote me on that. Sure, that's not exactly sure. I'll it, quote but... that to you. I'll attribute yeah. that quote to you. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you find the, the time there to, to educate yourself? Is it through books? Because I can see behind you there on a bookshelf, there's a lot of books going on. Um, you know, is it courses? Is it, is it, you know, are you coached by somebody? How does that look for you? All of the above. So books are a huge part of not only just my life in general. I love I love to read. I love to learn. I One of my core principles in researching is to encourage people to use books um, as part of the process. And so I do learn a ton from books. I've always been a big book person. I listen to tons of podcasts, including yours. I listen oh. to audiobooks like crazy. Um, and that can be anything from classic literature, which is like where my heart is, to Seth Godin or Gary Vee. Like I, I watch Gary Vee. I follow Jasmine Starr on social media. And I, I was doing her coaching program at the beginning of the pandemic when it was like, okay, I'm losing clients because of this. What do I do? Yeah. And um, I have worked with a story brand certified guide. I don't oh, know nice. if you know yep. about StoryBrand. Yep. Yep. Um, when I was shifting from freelance creative director to creative coach, because I need my messaging needed to change quite a bit. So um, he was, I, I, I had been working with StoryBrand stuff for a while. So he was more of like a check, like, can you just read through this messaging and make sure that like, this is actually sounding right and helped yep. me kind of re reformat my website copy just a little bit. Huh. So I learned from all over. Instagram, Facebook is like meh, but <laughs> m like the people that I love following are 
visual creators. It's a lot of Instagram. I don't go on YouTube a whole bunch. Yeah, nice. Um, do you find that there's anything that um, from that experience that you've had in agency life that you would, I don't know, if, if, if you would go back and change so it would influence where you kind of are now? Like, do, is there any kind of thing that you kind of wish you knew in that stage of, of working in agency that might have maybe even kept you there? and not gone mm. on this path because that this I mean the whole entrepreneurial side of things and then it transitioning into giving back and coaching is starting to be something that I see a lot of people doing and admirably doing but then I, I don't hear a lot of people in my own network that are still in that agency space um, I don't connect with those kinds of people because they're not the ones showing up online so I wonder for you having known everything that you do now about both kind of worlds is there anything that might have kept you staying there? You know, I've I've honestly thought about it because the primary driver for me continuing to stay as this, you know, this is my office at home and I work from here and I do all this content creation was because I wanted to be with my kids while they were young. And sure, sure. so it made sense for me. So I often think about like, I still get notifications on LinkedIn for like creative director jobs and stuff. Just, I just like want to see, <laughs> right? Like yeah, what yeah. would I make at, uh, you know, I don't know, Snapchat or something if they hired me. And so I guess to answer your question, I think about it a lot because I've sort of always had this idea that once the kids are done with school, that like I'll go back to that space because I want, I like leading teams. Okay. but. I am currently in a space where I'm going to be developing like group masterminds. So I will theoretically be leading teams. But then I also love working in an agency, like in an agency space. I love the fast paced energy, the constant, you know, overturn. I thrive on crazy deadlines, which is part of how I develop the process that I do because it works no matter how long you have or how short you have. And so I would probably love to go back into that space knowing what I know now about this space and how to interact better with people like us. So if I were to be contracting out to someone like you or like me in that space, I think I have a much better understanding of how that would work, that dynamic would work because I used to hire out freelance people and I think it was a different dynamic than I would do now. Sure. I, I, I do always wonder the same thing of if I went in back to full-time work in an agency or, or whatever. I mean, I, I'd never worked in an ad agency or a design agency or anything like that. It was in, it was in TV land. But um, if, I, if I went into a job like that, I just really wonder what that would be now having known what I'd know kind of now in the last few years of, of running my own kind of business. And if there would be that much like greater amount of confidence than if I hadn't done this kind of thing. So when I see the I same things so. on LinkedIn and, and see, <laughs> you know, like Coca-Cola jobs and stuff like that, I'm like, Oh, what if I applied for that? Just like a brand uh -huh. manager for Coca-Cola Australia. Like what the hell? <laughs> But yeah. I, 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 I couldn't do that because I, I like the lifestyle I, li I live here now with my family and it's a similar thing. We've got Agreed. two young kids, so it, it makes sense. Um, 
Yeah, there's always trade-offs. And I, yeah. where I was an art director was at an in-house for a large nonprofit. So it wasn't officially like a design agency, but I have worked a lot with design agencies since yep. then. So just just so everyone knows where I was coming from was the yeah. non the crazy nonprofit world where they insist they have no money, but they do. <laughs> oh, that's a story for another day. Um, <laughs> to leave us to leave us here with something uh, of of a, a gem that you might have that uh, we can leave everyone with from your your own you know bag of goodies here, um, Brandy. What's something that you could leave the audience with before we get out of here? Oh man, I have so many things in my pockets. I don't know Pick what one. to choose. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, the number one thing is to stop looking online to find your voice because you're only going to find other people's voice online. Like you need to be introspective. Go out into the world with your camera phone or whatever you have and Try to understand what you have, what is inspiring to you, and try and figure out how you can work those things into your work. Because just by looking at Pinterest, Instagram, Behance, Dribble, these places are just perpetuating the homogenization of design. And eventually, no one is going to stand out. So you are able to find your own voice. I promise you, your inspiration is out there. Just get off the stinking internet. <laughs> <laughs> I I will 100% agree with you only because I know that's how it happened for me. I, I tried to do the whole thing of turning up on camera, acting like someone like Casey Neistat or Peter McKinnon to me, like sticking like a <laughs> you know, big obnoxious <laughs> camera in front of my face and doing similar mannerisms. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> this just feels weird. Um, and then you just got to <laughs> yes. let you crazy out and then find yeah. find that voice that way. And the more you do it, it comes out, it'll just slowly get there and you'll become more confident and you, you do it. So amazing, perfect gem to end this episode on. Brandy, thanks so much for being on Two Red Chairs. Thank you for having me. And now I need to know why it's called Two Red Chairs, but we can talk about that later, I guess. We can. Just let's do a cliff notes for people uh, listening here. If you don't know what two red chairs means, I have two red uh, Eames style wooden chairs down in my basement. When we started the show, that's it's on the cover art of the the podcast here. Um, I used them for the guests that I was going to have. If they were all going to be based in kind of Sydney, um, that that went a bit more global, and I had a whole heap of different people from around the world, so we couldn't <laughs> really do it. So it's just a proverbial, metaphoric red chair now but uh the story lives on but they're down in the I basement like it. i like it i'll come down to your basement anytime amazing amazing weird. on that note <laughs> thanks so much all right so that was my chat with brandy this is your host frank just me brandy's out of here um so it was a great chat with her and i really enjoy these these stories that my guests share with me and and for you if you want to share your design life story with me with the audience here, you are more than welcome to do so. You can reach at any time, like Brandy did today, and, and shared her her experiences, her little life lessons about being a designer, especially things like imposter syndrome or, or comparisonitis, if that's even a freaking word. But we all feel it at, at, at some stage in our design life journey. I know I have. Um, it's a real pain in the bum, but 
you know, talking about these things can be a cathartic experience if you've had one hell of a a crap time with maybe a client or some kind of lesson you've learned in your business that you've you've definitely learned from and moved on from and you want to share that learning point, um, this is that opportunity to do so. Now, to find Brandy, again, you can find all this information in the show notes, but you can go to brandyc.com, which is B-R-A-N-D-I-S-E-A, like the ocean, um, .com, so brandyc.com, or you can find her on Instagram at brandyc or on LinkedIn as Brandy C. F. Niffen. Again, links are down in the description. Best go to there and, uh, and find her there. But if you're on Instagram and you follow me at G'day Design Life, you can find her Instagram handle directly there to be able to connect with Brandy. She's a ton of fun. She has a great podcast and she's such a great mentor for fellow creatives. Much guessing like you that are listening to this episode. And I want to say thank you for listening to this episode and all the previous ones if you're a regular listener because it, uh, it means the world to me that uh, I can share these stories of my own, of others, with you. And if you want to share that support in return and you listen on Apple Podcasts like I think a few of you might do, uh, leave a testimonial review whatever it might be, a bit of feedback maybe even, and subscribe to not miss out on an episode. Until uh, episode 36, I will see you in the next one. Bye.